We're glad that you're here with us this morning and uh, trust that we will be of encouragement to you in our time in the Word. Um, I'm excited about our time here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, so you you please turn there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we are covering our memory verse for today. Right? So, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. But this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we bow before you here and just pray that you would uh, teach us and guide us and uh, direct our thoughts more and more to what you desire, what you know is uh, what is best for us. Thank you for this passage and thank you for these folks. Um, bless our time together. Use it for your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In our living room at home, we have a plaque and you might have it in your house too. And that is a plaque that says, Life is not waiting for the storm to pass. But what? It's about learning to dance in the rain. And so, I have taken that little phrase and used it for our our title for this message. You didn't think you'd come to church and learn how to do dance lessons this morning, did you? So... We're going we're gonna to go for it here in our time and uh, understand, especially for you moms, you have uh, learned how to dance in the rain, I'm sure, in many instances as we use it figuratively and um, dealing with uh, all sorts of issues in your life with your children, uh, good and challenging Good and difficult. Uh, Some of you already heard this story, but I'll share it anyway. On our grandson's third birthday, which was just about a month ago, it was in Salem, Oregon, and it was raining. Yes, Will, it was raining. And um, not just a little Oregon uh, drizzle, it was raining. So... And Carrie was with Wyatt out shopping for his birthday and somehow locked Wyatt in the car with the keys. And, and oh yes, she's pregnant. So she's, you know, dealing with that issue in her life and, and outside now in, in this falling rain and trying to get Wyatt to open the car door. Trying to get Wyatt to stop laughing. And... Teach him how to get out of his car seat. <laughs> Which maybe he already knew, I don't know. But it was one of those mornings where maybe she could have learned to dance in the rain, literally. So, bad weather hits you and I. What are you going to do about it? What will you do about it? And 
It is a familiar phrase that we use saying life is not waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. That's nice. That's cute. That's real special. But uh, how does that really work in time of need? And you've got to come to something much more solid than that little cute phrase to the rock solid person of Jesus Christ. That you are trusting in him. Learning to walk with him and shall I say dance with him. That sounds a little bit odd when we face difficulty. But yes, to learn to rejoice at all times. So, I'd like to have us take an initial observation. Point number one in your outline, if you want to follow along there in your outline that's provided for you in the bulletin. We just want to make some initial observations to start with. Number one, letter A, it's one sentence. We want to break this sentence up into a pick and choose type of thing. Say, I like to rejoice always, do my best to rejoice always. But I'm not too good at pray without ceasing or giving thanks. No, this is one sentence. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks for. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So, that's one sentence. And letter B, it's one subject. What's the subject? This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And so we need to understand that the will of God is what we're talking about when we talk about rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in everything. That's God's will for you. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, I fail. All those things. We, we chalk it up for me in that regard. I don't rejoice always. I don't pray without ceasing. In everything, I don't give thanks. So how are we going to deal with this? Say, well, good luck, everybody. You just do your best. Hang in there. And follow the one that uh, cheers the most or, you know, can be the happiest or whatever. We get all, you know, we get all confused. And we'll get into that. But here, this issue of the will of God, for most of us, it seems like this is a, a big mystery. But I believe it's a mystery because you and I don't know God well enough or good enough and and we don't know his word in a thorough way and so when stuff happens we have a a bit of a reaction against all the stuff we don't understand it as being god's will but i believe there's these three little aspects if you will um Authors and commentators, you know, take the will of God and trying to help us understand it. And this is one way in which it helps us to understand the will of God. That big mysterious thing in your life that you say, what's the will of God for my life? Well, here's a way to help us understand it. It's underneath letter 1B in your outline. His will of decree. His will of decree. Well, that's the big thing. That's the thing that you will not change. Nothing's going to change with that because it's decreed by God. That's one of God's uh, privileges, if you will. That's because God is God. His decreed will 
It's what God has ordained. It's the things in life which will happen and you can't get around it. It will happen this way. They're set. Also, his will of desire. There's a second one to understand the breakdown of this issue of the will of God. His, the will of his desire. The things that ought to be what the Bible expresses as what is best for his children. Not just the really good children. Not just the really spiritual children. But all of God's children. You know, we take a verse like this and we say, well, you know, it's really the spiritual ones that can rejoice always and pray without ceasing and give thanks and everything. That's the really spiritual ones. And I'm not quite there yet. No, you can't break the will of God up like that because if you're a child of God, this is the will of God for your life. So his will of desire, it's what ought to be, it's what's best. And this is what can be resisted, what you or I can resist what we can ignore if we so choose. But also there's his, this, uh, a bit of a distinction now in the third one. We got his will of decree, his will of desire, and, and the will of direction. And we look at this as God's plan for each of us. And this is a bit more individual oriented. Okay? Um, some of you who are, uh, you know, most, well, all of you who are graduating from high school, you're looking ahead And if I were to stand up here and say, well, this is God's will for you. Well, that wouldn't be very wise because it might be something for one graduate and a bit different for another. But yet God's still to be looked at as being sovereign and in control. So his will of direction is how he helps you make decisions, how he helps direct your lives, how he gives you wisdom how he wants you to pray about it, how he provides guidance. And he's already proclaimed it. Walk by faith when you face these decisions in your life. Same thing for you. You've been at, uh, on your job for a number of years. And the same thing. You ask God for guidance. And through it all, you walk by faith. And you take in counsel. You ask for uh, wisdom from other people as to what you think, you know, what they think, you know, would be a wise approach to a a change. Maybe it's a change in career. But looking for his direction in your life. And that is going to happen as you, get this, follow the will of his desire. Okay? There's a a bit of a connection here that you, you have to say, if I want his direction in my life, I need to make sure that I'm following the will of his desire. Here's what's already been laid out in the word of God. And the will of God is is pretty clearly listed there. Here's the will of God. Even your sanctification. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That you be set apart and be growing and progressing in holiness. That's the will of God for your life. And this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. That you rejoice always. That you pray without ceasing. And that you give thanks in all things. If you're really honest about it, you look at it and say, yeah, I I really, I don't get that. I I fall short in that way. And that's why we sing sing these songs like, I need you every hour. This whole passage is pointing back to, you can't do it by yourself. 
You need Jesus to help you to rejoice in all things. You need Jesus to help teach you to pray without ceasing and to give thanks in all things. So you want to learn how to dance in the rain? I got a good three-step for you. A three-step dance. And it starts in with these questions, if you will. Is the will of God, number two in your outline, is the will of God, is it accepted? You say, oh, sure. Well, if it is, then that indicates, letter A, your submission. Are you learning about it? Are you learning that his will, the Bible says, is good and acceptable and perfect? That's what the Bible says is the will of God. It's, it's that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so if I'm saying, oh yeah, I accept his will, then it, that indicates submission. And submission is not a bad word. Especially if you are in tornado country. Submission is a great word. You better submit to the sound of the tornado horn. If you don't, you could get caught out in the tornado. So when you hear the tornado warning, you go submit yourself to the basement of your house. You go put yourself underneath. That's the idea of submission. You're just saying, I don't, I might not get it. I might not understand, but I'm going to submit myself to his will. And it means about being yielded then. We want to be people that say, yes, I'm yielded to God's revealed will. And I want to not just be yielded. I want to do my best to learn how to welcome his will in my life. That's where we have another problem. I'm not sure I want to welcome his will. So we need to grow in that way. We're his, if we're saying we're his children, if you're saying, I will walk by faith, I have put my trust in Jesus Christ, I want to learn to yield to and welcome his will in my life. This is the, listen, this is the kind of response needed in a creator-created relationship. You follow that? Here's the creator and here's the created and here's the, the way that the relationship can come. Welcome, or I'm sorry, yield to the, the will of our God, the creator, our father. And you know what? That's a little side note here. That's why Lucifer didn't cut it. He didn't yield to his creator's will. He wanted to be like God. And he rebelled against the will of God. Mankind, in Adam and Eve, we all rebelled against the will of God. And so we need to come back to say, no, I will put myself under. I will put myself under his will. I'll submit to that. Letter B, it ensures your safeguard. If you're saying, I want the will of God, I welcome that, I yield to it, then really it's about the safeguard of of his children. You... Continue, listen, that's important. You, if you continue to go outside the will of God, you end up being vulnerable to who knows what. But that is not to infer that everything goes smooth for those walking in the will of God. 
because you have difficulty and trials and tribulations and persecutions in the will of God. If anyone wants to live godly, he's going to be, what? Persecuted. You know, these are, these are kind of challenging things. You and I are exposed to the stuff of life. But can you say, I have a, a heavenly father watching over me and protecting me? Can you say that? We ought to be able to say that and know that whatever happens, God's going to protect me. If it's a, 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 a terrible accident, if it's a terrible sickness or disease, if it's a terrible unknown uh, pink slip from work, are you in his will? Then you can say, okay, God's at work here. I don't understand it, but I, I need to learn to see with eyes of faith in this time of my life. And I say that and I know it's hard. It can be downright hard, but God is faithful and God is good. Being in his will can give you and I a confidence and we can then claim things like Psalm 27. The Lord is my what? The Lord is my light. He's my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And you can give testimony to his care and provision throughout your life. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Philippians 4, Paul tells us about learning to be content. Whether I'm rich or poor, learning to be content. Whatever the circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And then he goes on to say what we all love to say. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But that's the context of what? What's that in the context of? Saying, I've learned to be content with whatever my circumstances. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, God is the refuge for you, Christian. So, the question is, have you accepted the will of God? Have you accepted it? Have you welcomed it, yielded to it, trusted in Him? Knowing that this is where you are safe in his will. Number three, is it applied? Is the will of God applied? Now, what I mean by that is, now we turn to the text. Now we actually read this verse. And we say, is this applied in my life? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. And now we can break it up. Now we say, here's, here's the dance step. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all all circumstances. Now this is, again, you need to understand, this is a unified trio of Christ-like attitudes. That's underneath point three there. It's a unified trio. I want to split them up and, and not have to be accountable to all of them, but it's actually one sentence we already stated. So here are the Christ-like attitudes to ask for his help to demonstrate, to display, to shine for Christ with. Step one, 3A, step one, rejoice always. To rejoice is about being glad, to being filled with joy. Um, It's used in numerous ways of rejoicing over the conversion of one sinner in 
with all the angels of heaven, they rejoice over the conversion of one sinner. And it's the idea that you rejoice again. Did you have joy when you came to faith in Christ? Yeah. Why? Because you were welcomed into his family. You were pardoned of your sins. You were brought into the family of God. All sorts of issues. Now you have his righteousness. All sorts of issues come forth with this. This brings about joy. In Sunday school this morning, we started talking about um, the work of the, the deliverer is to redeem and to adopt. And it, if you dwell on that long enough, it, it brings forth joy and adoration for God and what he's done. And a time like this is so that we, you and I can put aside the things of the world that we're dealing with and get our sights set on this type of thing. Here's the will of God for your life so that you'll carry it into this week. Carry it into today. Not just say, oh, there's another church attendance. I get marked down for church attendance. No, it's getting forth with maturity in your faith. So rejoice always. And contrast this. This this is where we get confused, folks. You and I have been brought up on happiness. We know about happiness and we don't have a good handle on joy. And we need to grow in that way to learn more and more about what joy is, not so much what happiness is. And we think, oh, joy and happiness, that's the same thing. No, it's not. Happiness is based on what's going around, what's happening for you. It's based on circumstances. And a lot of times in America, your circumstances go great. And so you're happy. And it's a false sense of security. And we have been caught up in it. We need to learn more about what joy is. And joy is not based on your circumstances. It's not based on your feelings. It's based on the person of Jesus Christ and his work. And the more, or let me say it this way, the less you know about Jesus and his work for you, the less you'll be truly joyful. But you'll say, well, but I'm a Christian. And as long as you don't get to know Jesus better and about his work better, you'll be frustrated because you'll be thinking, well, why am I not more happy? Why don't I have more joy? Because I'm thinking joy is over here with happiness. And that's where you're confusing yourself. Study about joy. Paul talked about it all the time. And and Paul should have been one that said, you know what? My circumstances stink. I hate this life, is what Paul could have said. Why? Everything is going against him. He's getting beat up in prison. Why? Well, I'm talk- I have to talk about this gospel. <laughs> and he gets beat up in prison, whipped and all that. Left for dead. His circumstances did not dictate the amount of joy, the level of joy. Now, I say this and, and, and admit, you know what? I'm far from that. I need to learn more and more about joy in the Lord than about going on based on my circumstances. Isn't life wonderful? I used to be that way. Isn't life wonderful? And, and you think, oh, everything's going my way. I, I think I annoyed a number of 
young women at the L.A. Baptist College back in the day, I was just thrilled to be in love with Noreen Oda. And there's one day, and this relates to our topic, so I'm not just going off on the, off in the blue here. It was raining outside. It was a Saturday morning. And I, I was jazzed about my relationship with my girlfriend. And I got out and I yelled up at the dorm up at her room. Hey, Noreen! And you see these windows opening. Shut up! Hey, Noreen! Come out and play! Here I am! I was wanting to dance in the rain with her. Just enjoy company with her. But that was not a very realistic thing for the other women up there. So <laughs> that was more about, there's joy there. I gave God thanks for that, the start of my relationship with my wife. But there's a good level of happiness going on there. I just... Come on, let's, let's get together. And we need to distinguish between happiness and joy. Don't mix them up, okay? Remember, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you need strength in your life to deal with temptation and problems? The joy of the Lord is your strength, and the joy of the Lord means trusting in Him, saying, I want to I wanna walk in His will. I want to be in His will. So, nowhere does the Bible say rejoice, be joyful, unless you're not feeling like it. I wish it did. Then I'd have an out. And you'd have an out. You know, a little escape hatch. I, I, don't, have to, I, I, I don't feel like it. No, the Bible doesn't give you that. If you're feeling trapped in a corner here, good. We need that. We need, we need that sense. Remember, it's the joy of the Lord is your strength. Look beyond the circumstances. Look beyond the stuff of life and get your eyes set on Jesus who is high and lifted up. He's raised up from the grave and you keep your eyes on Him. We will fix our eyes on Him. Yes, it's still tough. Just, I, I hope and pray that we, myself included, don't keep confusing the issue of happiness with joy. Happiness is great. Joy is much better. Step number two is pray without ceasing. The best way to understand this phrase is just have a life. It's, it's an ongoing lifestyle of prayer. Don't get confused with the idea that you um, will say, well, then because Jesus said, go into your prayer closet. So I just don't work. I'll go into my prayer closet and pray all the time. No, no, no. You have a prayer closet. That's the idea of privacy in your, your own prayer life. But this is talking about ongoing. Wherever you are, just be consistently, continually praying. Everything that hits you, turn it into saying, oh, i got to pray. Same thing with Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your thanksgiving be known unto God. Whatever happens to you, get into the habit and the practice of turning it into a prayer. Thanking God. Interceding for someone. 
I try to get into the habit of whenever, whenever I hear that siren in town, pray for the guys responding. Pray for our firefighters and our policemen. Pray for, when you hear that siren, start praying. Pray for whoever it is. If it was you out there in that accident, wouldn't you appreciate prayer? <laughs> so think in those terms. I want to be ready to pray. Pray without ceasing. And that just simply shows here's a life that's more and more devoted to Jesus. More and more involved in talking to God. Simply stated. Psalm 86 verse 3 says, Be gracious to me, O God, for to you I cry all the day long. Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus talks about praying. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Learn to pray for the spiritual welfare of others. Not just pray, oh God, please bless them. But pray for the spiritual welfare of your friends, your family, your relatives. Colossians 1.9 in that regard. To be filled with the knowledge of His will and wisdom and understanding. To walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Increasing in the knowledge of God. This is God's will for you that you pray without ceasing. It's God's will for you to rejoice always. Number three, step number three, give thanks in all circumstances. And probably this is most telling of where your heart is. Because when bad things happen, what's our typical response? When bad things happen, typical response is, oh, good grief. Oh, what's going on? Oh, this is just the way it's going. Our response is not as much to give thanks. And that's what God wants. That's what God's will is for us. That we learn to say, thank you, God. I don't understand. You don't have to understand it. But start giving him thanks and watch and see what he will do. And notice, it does not say, give thanks for everything. Interesting little distinction there. It does not say, give thanks for everything. It says, give thanks in everything. In all circumstances. To acknowledge that God has allowed it. Again, we might not like it, but we have to recognize, here's what God has allowed to have happen. And God will see you through the maze. This is why it's tough. It's hard to accept. But all too often, it's about why you didn't answer my prayer. Why I didn't answer our prayers. But I need to learn to have a grateful attitude. Having a grateful attitude will serve as medicine for your soul. We need to learn to embrace these attitudes. To rejoice, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all things. When the storms hit, there's a rock that you can stand on. And there's a lot of phony foam built rocks that won't keep you standing. Don't lean on them. Lean on the rock that is Jesus Christ. And as you and I embrace these attitudes of Christ, you and I grow and will reflect Jesus to others. And you show and you exemplify, here's what spiritual maturity is about. Number four, the fourth question, you need to fill this one in. We ask, is it accepted? Is the will of God accepted? Is the will of God applied? And number four, is the will of God being appraised in my own life? It's a matter of you and I doing self-examination. The more you and I can say, I'm rejoicing, or I'm praying without ceasing, or I'm giving thanks in all things, 
I'm not reflecting my own heart. I'm not reflecting my self-centeredness. I want to say, I want it, rather than be bitter and angered or grumbling or complaining, I want to give thanks to God. I'd rather have that be the, the reflection of my life than to be grumbly and complaining and murmuring. But see, that's where I, that's where we can go so easily. That's where we can end up so easily. So appraising it is just assuming, letter A, it assumes you are a child of God. It assumes that you've got new life. Second Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old has passed away, behold, the new has come. And this is in, in 1 Thessalonians, this is what we've been studying. It's about gospel change. Because of the gospel, there's change in the lives of God's people. Not just an old routine of religion, but a, an ongoing walk with Christ. Then, if you're appraising this, you're saying, okay, I, I know I'm, I'm God's child. And so I'm, I'm, I'm moving in that direction. I, I, I know I'm his, his child by faith in Christ. But letter B, and le, letter B is an either or. Letter B under number four is either you're found wanting or you're found waiting. You're found wanting is where you're really resisting his will. You're resisting his work. And you, you have probably more bitterness and complaining spirit then you have a grateful spirit. And that's where you're found wanting. What does Psalm 23 verse 1 say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's taking care of it. Here's the song that Victoria Lee sang. Jesus, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. Are you going in that way are you moving in that direction to say more and more i'm finding the satisfaction that is in jesus christ so are you found wanting putting trust and hope in things of the world in your 401k in your uh your future and your all your plans or are you found waiting and this is where you and I, as a believer, were called to over and over again, wait on the Lord. That's why I read from Isaiah chapter 40 at prayer time. For they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. Why? It's because of Jesus. When we wait on the Lord, we're truly doing more about trusting in Him than moving off and, and going off to do our, our thing. Wait on the Lord. Rely on Him. Rest in Him. He's accomplished all that is needed. If you're a believer, you've been justified by faith through Jesus Christ. And you now can have peace with God. It's because in you and I, we can rejoice because He's won the victory. And our faith is the victory. Because he's overcome the world. Listen. Don't live your life waiting for the storms to pass. Go into the dance step. 
the dance step of First Thessalonians 16 through 18. Rejoice in the Lord. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in everything. Do that. I don't know. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two. Start doing it, my friend. Start dancing. Ask God for his help. Ask God to help you recognize the grumbling. Recognize the murmuring that dominates your thinking. And ask Him for His help to rejoice. To turn the responses, the typical responses of life situations into giving thanks. So that people, when they see you, they'll say, you know what? That person, they're different. And it's not because of you. It's because of Jesus in you. Here's the gospel and the Spirit of God bringing power into your life to help you do what he's called you to do. Here's the will of God. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. That's the key. Are you in Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Again, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. You can come into church and act like everything's hunky-dory, but if you don't have Jesus Christ... You know, you don't know him. You do not have eternal life. You do not have forgiveness of sins. And you can paint it up however you want and show that you're being religious by coming to a church service. But until you bow the knee to Jesus and call out to him as Savior and admit your sin and trust in him for what he did, if you don't do that, then you're lost. And you can be oh so close and yet you're lost. Why not today put your faith in Jesus Christ? Why not today call out to Him for His saving power? And then get ready for the adventure. But you better learn how to dance. Got it? Let's pray. Lord, we we want to be people who are found waiting on You. Lord, we we need you. We need your help. Forgive us for our rebellious nature and our our actions that show a rebellion to your will, a resisting of your will. And help us, Lord, to remember that you are a a sovereign God and, and you watch over your children. You know each one of us as your children. And I pray that we would be understanding that whatever happens... You will do your good work in our lives. You will strengthen your children. You will draw near to your your children, whatever the instance is, whatever the situation is. Thank you for being so good. Thank you for being faithful. And I pray, Lord, for those who are struggling in this way. I pray that you would just draw near them and give them comfort in this time. Lord, we want to give you thanks for our moms. We thank you for the love that is in their hearts for their children. And we pray that we would be a great encouragement to our moms here today. And Lord, we take some freedom here to talk about this passage as it's a dance step. I pray that we would learn more and more to celebrate life and trust you in it all. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.